Welcome to the Fourth Watch Podcast, where we practice the art of discernment in the public square, commenting on community, culture, and politics, primarily in the Inland Empire of Southern California. Here's your host, Tim Walborn. Hello and welcome to week four of the Fourth Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Walborn. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about near misses, how quick do you think, what is your spiritual reflex, and are we really 10 years away from destruction? But before we do that, let me give you a quote for this week from A.W. Tozer. He says, No shortcut exists for a deeper spiritual life. The man who would know God must give time to him. All right, we'll be right back with this afternoon's episode. Okay, this week's uh, Do the Math segment comes to us courtesy of OK19. Now, if you haven't heard about OK19, OK19 is what they were calling a city killer meteorite that passed within 45,000 miles of the Earth. The problem is we didn't even see OK19 until it was two days away. And it was traveling at 55,000 miles an hour. That thing was cruising through, through space. And not only was it cruising through space, it was bigger than a football field. So had it got into the atmosphere and actually struck the Earth, it would have had what they believe some devastating, on, on the par of a nuclear catastrophe. It would have destroyed whatever city it hit and it would have been huge but my my, my point is that one it came within 20 percent of the distance between the earth and the moon so one-fifth of the way there that's the little gap that it it shot between it was like boom right talking about a shot across the bow it was like right there and we didn't even know it was coming but now think about this Right, I've been watching the presidential debates because, of course, we got the presidential D team going on, and which my opponent hasn't reported in lately. But, anyways, I think I'm winning because I I got some of the, yeah, I I got enough guys down there that are doing well. Anyways, that's an aside. So, but they're all talking about we've got 10 years left, we've got 12 years left, we've got 14 years left, and if we don't turn this around, we are heading towards a catastrophe. Well, okay. The average lifespan in the United States is probably about 75 to 80 years old. And 10 years, 12 years, 14 years tops, that's less than 20% of a lifespan. That's only 10%, 10% of a lifespan. And so the time amounted that we have in order to turn the world around, the whole world, we have to turn the whole world around. And it's with, to avert the climate catastrophe that is now being told us. We have 10 years. And many of these guys won't even be in office for another year and a half. And then they, oh, actually probably almost two years. 
And then they won't even be able to get anything done for another year after that. So you're already three years beyond that. That means we only have seven years left after that. I would think that if it is really that close and it is that big of an issue, that they shouldn't be waiting on the government to get something done because the government doesn't act that quickly. I mean, they're making budgets for 10 years out. They're making budgets for spending money for 10 years from now that they don't even have. They don't plan that far in advance. So it's left up to the rest of the world, governments, non-governments. It's left up to people, if we believe it, to make it happen. But then again, don't know if it's real either. So we don't know if that threat's real or not. But I'm just making that comparison that a meteorite came by. We didn't know it was coming. That's kind of a scary thought. And the fact that global warming could be coming, well, okay, maybe it is coming. Climate change is happening. But I don't know that it's catastrophic. And I don't know that I believe we probably have way more than 10 years to go on one end. But the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back, we only got seven years. Boom. And then it's all done. But you know what? People aren't going to believe that either. Do the math. Okay, I want to think about a minute, how fast do you think? Because I've noticed a trend lately that people don't think. I've also heard that people don't read, right? Very few people actually read a full book last year. Um, and so one of the things that made me think about this was Google search. And, and I've heard that Google search now, I, not heard, I mean I use it, right? So you type in something on Google and it begins to it begins to fill the line out for you basically thinking for you right and and so then you kind of scroll down and you click the one you want in a matter of for speed right because my gosh i need to have the search quick and i don't want to have to wait for the answer but i want you to think about what that process does to our mind when we start pursuing the simpler easier route versus the route that requires us to think. Now here's some numbers for you. For every minute on the internet, or every minute of 24 hours of a day, Google conducts 4.5 million searches per minute. There's 18.1 million text messages are sent per minute. 188 million emails are sent per minute. And 500,000 people tweet per minute. That's just a lot of information that's flying around that demands and requires and seeks our attention. And 
when we sit there, I, I guess my point is we can sit there and we just we, – we get to the point where we're, all we're doing is consuming and we're not even thinking about what we're consuming. We're just absorbing. And even then it becomes so much we can't absorb anymore. And so we create email filters. You know, I have some. I have some that when I get a job applicant from Indeed or whatever, it'll go into an Indeed folder and I hardly ever notice it. Or if I get a, a request for a change on the payroll system, it goes into the payroll folder. And I probably don't look at those either because then I go onto the payroll system to figure it out. But my point is that we are so bombarded with everything all the time that we don't stop to think. We don't stop to absorb. We don't stop to think, is this really what I'm looking for? And and so the point came up when I'm thinking about it because when Google begins to autofill, and even Amazon does it too, they, they assume they know what you're looking for. And so it autofills it out for you and, and you're just like, yep, okay, I'll take that. Yep, I'll take that. But could they actually be controlling the direction they want you to go? Because they are putting in those autofills. They're providing those answers for you. They are providing those things in the direction that they want to steer you and want you to go. Now, I heard a professor's testimony and in the Senate hearing on big tech or on Google censorship and things like that. And by his research, he's determined that Google was able to sway many undecided voters in the 2018 election just because of their autofill capacities. So the challenge I have for you or the question I would have for you right now is what are you thinking and how fast do you think? And do you take the, st the time to stop and process what you're observing and what it really means? Think about that. Okay, so this week's Art of Discernment comes to us from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 17 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So as you heard in my last segment, we were talking about do you how quick do you think and the results that we get from uh, like Google searches and things like that that are being controlled for us even our feeds in Twitter our feeds in Facebook or um, the videos that we see the, the the options to buy stuff on Amazon that are predetermined for us a lot of this stuff is predetermined and given to us with the assumption that this is what we want but do we really and so I would ask the question, what is your spiritual reflex? Do you look at things spiritually and wonder, hmm, is that true? Or do you just 
willy-nilly accept everything that's coming down the pike. Because it gets very simple, I'm sorry, it gets very easy, not simple, but it, it's, it's easier to go with the flow than it is to go against the grain or to be thought to be weird or to be um, different or to be backwards or um, racist or whatever the term is that they want to throw at you, a hate monger, a bigot or whatever. And, and so we hear things and it comes at us so fast and in such enormous amounts that we don't stop to discern it and, our, and, and we don't have the spiritual reflexes in place to react properly. If there's 500,000 tweets going out every minute and we're seeing them and a lot of them are filled with anger. Now, I saw another statistic on Twitter that only 20% of the population, 22% of the population is actually on Twitter. And only 80% of them actually use it. And then only 10% of them, of Twitter users, are the ones who dominate the conversation. So if you think about 10% of 20% is really only 2% of the population is controlling the narrative. And a lot of times the narrative is angry and bitter and filled with hate and just filled with meanness. And then yet we see that and it's reported in the news. The news media pick it up and, and oh, so-and-so tweeted this way and so-and-so tweeted that way. And yeah, and our president tweets some dumb stuff. But so do Democrats and so do Christians. And so everybody's tweeting dumb stuff because our spiritual reflex as Christians, our spiritual reflex isn't in place. We've allowed our spiritual reflexes to and our spiritual muscles to apathy. Apathy, is that the right word? To anth anth anyways, to to decrease. And our muscles and our and our spiritual reflexes are not what they should be. So we are not responding the way we should. Because we have fallen into the ways of the world. We have fallen into taking the easy path against the hard right. And not what and not doing what's right. But yet Ephesians chapter five tells us to walk circumspectly for why? Because the days are evil. And so we need to walk circumspectly in the things that we do and the things that we say, and that begins with having some discernment. And that begins with the fact that we need to build up our resistance to those things that are outside of the biblical norm. And that we need to make every effort to believe the Bible and to trust Jesus. I've observed a few things recently amongst Christians that I'm seeing, Christians that I know, that I'm like, that just wasn't wise. And why did you think that's right? Or why did you think that's what you should have done? Because that's the norm and that's the pressure there to conform to the world is great. It's huge. And we don't want to put up the fight. And we don't want to say, no, I'm going to trust Jesus in this. I'm going to trust you, God, to provide what we need. I'm going to trust you to provide for that person. I'm going to trust you to do what is right. I'm going to do what is right and trust you for the results. But we don't take that step of faith and act that way. Because maybe we don't really believe. And so part of our building up that spiritual reflex is practicing belief. Think about that. All right. Thank you for uh, tuning in this week. Uh, we'll catch you next week on the Fourth Watch podcast. And just remember, guys, it's not political. It's spiritual. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Fourth Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and leave a review. This helps others find us.